Love Talk Radio. Welcome to Wine Talk for tonight, Saturday, January 20th, 2020. It is the first broadcast of 2020, the new decade, and the first broadcast of the new year, which is awesome. It's 9 p.m. I'm your host, Stu the Wine Guru, coming to you live from my new studio in Coral Springs, Florida. So as you know, I'll take your calls anytime during the show at 563-999-3474 or email me your questions at stewthewineguru at me.com. You can also go into my chat room here live on the show, there's a show page, and chat with other wine enthusiasts or DM me any questions on Instagram to at stewthewineguru and I encourage you to follow me as well. I'll read them live on the show. I want to say thanks to all the listeners globally for getting the word about the show out. Welcome to all of you listening worldwide. I call that the power of the people meets the power of the internet. If you want to find out more about me, just Google Stu the Wine Guru. You can find the websites, videos, magazines, and TV shows I am currently a part of. Speaking of articles and reviews... I've been writing for Simply the Best magazine for the past eight years, and my latest article on multiple wine companies making blended wine is in the January-February issue, available on newsstands, Barnes & Noble, and fine bookstores wherever you are. Again, of course, the number to call in, 563-999-3474. If you're shy and prefer the computer, you can email me questions to stewthewineguru at me.com. And of course, as mentioned, go on to Instagram, Instagram and send them to stewthewineguru. Without further wait, let me let you know who my guest is for tonight. In 1981, she received her enology degree and became the first woman in Argentina to do so. In 2012, she was recognized as one of the most influential women winemakers by Drink Magazine, excuse me, Drink Business Magazine. Later in 2015, she was awarded by the same magazine as Woman of the Year. And then recently in 2018, the magazine recognized her again by including her in the list of the 10 most influential women in the wine world. She is a titan of the wine industry. Her name is Susanna Balbo of Susanna Balbo Wines, and I want to welcome her to the show. One moment. Susanna, is that you? Hello? Yes. Susanna? How are you? Uh, yes. I am fantastic. 
I can most definitely hear you. Um, I want to give a caveat to my listeners. Susanna had recently suffered a knee injury and was hospitalized and had surgery. Yet, she's still honored being on my show tonight, and for that, I am eternally grateful. I just want to say that to you right at the top. How are you feeling? Well, it's a little better than last week, but it's still very painful. I can only imagine. I can only imagine. Well, I hope that you recuperate quickly, please. <laughs> so does the rest yes, of the wine drinking yes, world. <laughs> um, so I want to let you know a little bit how this goes. I have people who have emailed, who have DM'd me questions from Instagram. Uh, I have a live chat room here that I've set up and have always set up for my show. So some people can go into the chat room live while we're talking and and send me questions to ask for you as well. Of course, I have my own questions for you. So, uh, you know, what I'll do is my first question is from me. And um, maybe you can just let some of my listeners, the small percentage who have never had your wines or don't know who you are, if you want to tell them a little bit about you, and uh, and your wines. Okay, uh, I born in Mendoza. Uh, I study enology in the university. As I told you in the introduction, I was the first female graduated as enologist in Argentina. And then uh, I, I worked for. My, my only chance of work was in the northern Argentina, very far from my home. It was uh, 1,000 miles. And I started working wow. in Cafayate, in Salta. Mm-hmm. And working, doing everything in the winery that was, I think, was something amazing because uh, I finally, in that way, a very early stage of my career in the beginning, I knew uh, I knew I was capable to do much more things that uh, I usually uh, thought. Uh, so because as I was uh, in very isolated place, uh, I learned, for instance, how to repair my, my car when my car was broken in the way to Salta City to try to get some a replacement for some machine in the winery, or I learned mm-hmm. how to repair, to fix the machinery as well. So something that I, I never studied at the, at the winery, at the, at the university, and that taught, it taught me we really are ready to do much more things that we think we can do. And uh, when you learn that, uh, the sky is the limit. Uh, and learning Absolutely. the very early stage is very, very good. I have some questions here for you from Instagram. So, yeah. at Wine Sarah Drinks from Miami, Florida, asks a two-part question. What are the greatest mm-hmm. challenges and opportunities for Mendoza, Argentina, wine producers at the moment, I'll, I'll give you that first question, mm. and then I'll give you the follow-up that you had after that. Well, um, actually, we are facing several challenges. One of them is uh, we are becoming very short 
water reserves. Uh, as uh, we are facing very long drought, uh, so the shortage in water is the biggest in the last uh, 30 years. And right. this is for us is very is very concerning. Um, uh, water reserves, I think, is the the huge challenge we are going to face in very near future. Actually, we are facing this year. Then we have so as far as irrigation, issue. I was going to say Sorry? as far as irrigation and being able to use water, obviously because of the rainfall uh, and the the I guess the lack of rainfall or oh, the yes. amount of rainfall. Our rainfall what do you is very do? short because we right. are in a desert climate. We are in a desert climate, and our uh, total rainfall per year is no more than 10 inches, so 230, right. 240 millimeters per year. So sometimes there is places like Buenos Aires, they have this uh, rainfall just in one day. So for us, it's uh, very challenging. Um, also, uh, for the soil composition we have, uh, we don't have the, cha the, the chances to to grow vineyard without uh, irrigation. We need irrigation. So it is very important for us um, to look after the water resource very, very close. And, to become very sustainable for the for the future and near future. Then right. we have another challenge as well, because Which uh, is? we have a challenge uh, for the country situation, the economy. Um, right. Uh, it's, it's out of our control. All the challenges we are facing, in fact, uh, are very, very far away from our control. However, uh, always I, I think uh, we are the survivors here. Uh, um, we, we grew up in a desert climate, and we know how to manage uh, our limited water resource. And we, we look after our water. In our company, for instance, uh, we recycle all the water we use in the winery and also the, use, the water used in the restaurants and Everywhere, so we are sustainable. Uh, right. We really like if we find more people becoming aware, like us, uh, how important it is to reuse all the water you are using. Okay, so I have a, uh, a follow-up question to that, which has to do with <clears throat> women and young women in the wine industry and uh, Watsera drinks from Miami had asked what advice would you give young people, especially women, at the beginning of their careers in the wine trade? Oh, um, I think um, it's, fortunately it's uh, more and more young women uh, becoming winemakers and taking over the challenge to make wine. And I don't want to sound like um, I misconsider the talent of men. However, I think women, we have a um, different point of view how we face the winemaking process. 
uh, we are a little more holistic and we really look after details uh, as we are very detailed persons women usually you know we, we like to to look after all the details and everything and the position is something that is inside of us and this is part of the talent we can develop in when making because um, when you have a good palate, when you have a, a imagination, because uh, to create a wine every year is very important to be very creative. And to those uh, to those uh, requirements, you are to be a person that look after the details. Really, is a fantastic combination because. Uh, you can create something and you are going to follow up and all the women we do that. All the details in order to achieve the best uh, of uh, what you really are creating. So young mm. women have uh, wonderful possibilities and wonderful future in the wine industry. Um, I say several times the future in the wine industry has a face of women. I agree. I absolutely agree, a thousand percent. Um, so I have another question from at Well Read Magazine from Cape Town, South Africa. And she asks, what has changed in the last 20 years of winemaking? Oh, many. <laughs> so many changed. Uh, since, since I graduated, uh, I can tell you it's another, it's another war. <laughs> so, so many years. <laughs> working 38 years this year. So, however, sure. uh, you know, in, in some way, uh, you know, we, we, we are like a pendulum. Uh, you understand? In English is terrible sometimes. Uh, pendular, um, uh, something There's pendular is happening in the wine industry sometimes. Swing, yeah, because what happened? When I started my career, um, uh, we learned in the university why it should be uh, no more than 12 and a half alcohol level. The decision, uh, the, the decision for picking was just uh, regarding sugar and acidity. That's it. Uh, we didn't care about flavor, something that was much later, much more later, in the early 90s, we started to learning about the flavors composition, about the, the talent composition, the colors, so the precision uh, in the way making through the science uh, is, is, is pretty recent. It's just uh, 15, 20 years uh, ago, and I'm making wine for 38 years. However, nowadays, as uh, the people is looking for wines with more freshness, um, wines with less alcohol, and uh, people like uh, a little more greenness because they become a little tired uh, for overripe grapes and, and also um, uh, overdue wines in some way because a lot of uh, oak or a lot of manipulation during the winery, right. the winery process, 
we are coming back in the way we are started. I started because we are thinking earlier, we are looking for freshness, and we are looking for wines that has a different personality than the wines we were doing in the last uh, 15 years. And in some way, I'm coming back in the beginning of my career because I'm, I'm pulling again many things I did 35 years ago and with more science behind, so with more precision, uh, with better mm. results because uh, we didn't know uh, so many things we already know from the science. So we can do the same I did in the early 80s, however, with much better results. Uh, so I'm very glad uh, to have such a long experience and uh, now uh, to be exposed in the last 20 years for the, the new research and the science and every year uh, science is delivering new uh, knowledge about the way making it's exciting. the process. It's very exciting because uh, I can do the same idea in the early settings through the scope of the science uh, having much better results. So it's exciting, hmm. very exciting. Yeah. Um, okay, so I have another question from uh, at Sipqueer from Washington, D.C., and he asks, what do you do when you're not winemaking? What are your hobbies? Sorry, can you repeat, repeat the question? Absolutely. So what do you do when you're not making wine? What are your hobbies? Oh, uh, reading is one of my favorite hobbies. Uh, okay. Riding horses as well when I have the chances because I love horses. Uh, mm -hmm. I do yoga uh, now for for a few months. I cannot do that <laughs> for my knee and my surgery. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, I, uh, you have a lot of hobbies. I, 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 I love music as well, and I love traveling. So I do many things. Oh, nice. <laughs> I always have movement, so always. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, at Grape Chic from New York City, New York, asks, I'd love to know her desert island wine if she was stuck on an island with only one wine for the rest of her life what would it be i'm sure it's a tough question yeah very tough because always uh, if i only need to uh, only i have the chance to drink only one wine in my philosophy right. of life i should be eating the same and having the same situation for the rest of my life because for uh -huh. me, wine is related with moments, uh, uh, mood, uh, food, uh, environment, uh, everything is related with wine. So uh, I don't have a favorite wine for okay. forever. I have a favorite wine with, uh, regarding what I'm living in the, in the moment. No? I don't think anyone uh, could, I mean, especially in the wine world. How could you? I mean, how could you? Yeah. It's like it's like taking a favorite child, you know? <laughs> yes, 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 of course. 
Uh, also, it happens only with your child, with the grandchild as well. It's very difficult. Yeah, of course. <laughs> because every, every, <laughs> every, everyone gives you different, uh, different happiness, no? Of course. Ways, Susanna, ways. don't tell us don't tell us your favorite grandchild on this broadcast because I don't think <laughs> your children would be happy. Uh, no, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I got some emails. Uh, <laughs> of course, of course, of course. Um, I got one from Sotovino of Lisbon, Portugal. It says, "Hi, Stu. Great show. Are there any other wine varietals Susanna will be producing other than the ones she is producing now?" coming soon? Well, uh, from Portugal, this question is very funny because um, I'm just uh, organizing my life to spend some months in Portugal and I'm wondering to make some moments in Portugal. So oh, my really? idea is to... Yeah. <laughs> I'm just... Uh, Finishing the preparation of my apartment in Porto, uh, so I'm going to spend at least three or four months a year in Portugal. Uh, I really oh, like the uh, Portuguese wines. Um, yeah. I, I didn't decide yet if I'm going to make a Pinot Verde or or Duro wines because uh, right. we have such a wonderful red here. I think I, I can do more contribution in the Portuguese wine, doing some exotic white wines. Wow, that's great. See, you heard it here. So Susanna may be putting <laughs> out some Portuguese. Everybody should be looking out for that. Glad I'm Sotovino of Lisbon. Thank you for the question. And uh, next is from Garage Wine from Vermont. Says hi, Stu and Susanna. Please ask Susanna how she decides on the pricing of her wines. Thanks, and I am enjoying listening to you too. Well, first, let me thank Garage Wine from Vermont for sending in the question and listening while we're uh, having the broadcast. And uh, Susanna, so how do you come up with the pricing? Pricing. Well, you know, um, uh, pricing is uh, is an issue. Very difficult for the winemaker uh, uh, to think about because you must be very, very accurate when you are deciding your pricing in your wines. Um, for me, it should be a good um, quality versus pricing. Um, for me, my wine should deliver more quality for the pricing we are asking for. Usually, we have controls from other countries and we do um, testing, uh, comparison testing uh, to see how our wines perform. And for instance, right. in Cabernet, uh, we do benchmark. No benchmark related uh, about the same price price point. We put against our wines wines that have uh, at least fifty percent more price than ours. Um, by blind tasting, the wine should perform very well and to be in the in the top five in there. Um, maybe you can think, okay, why you are asking 50% less than other people or other companies. 
Argentina, de origen Argentina, eh, it's a country that uh, we had the, the chance to position our wines about uh, Chile, for instance, or about uh, South African wine, but we are from right. the southern hemisphere. And we don't have the story that the wine from France or Spain or Italy they have, and they can achieve much more price than us. Uh, despite the quality, because people uh, in their knowledge, they know more about France, they know more about Spain or Italy, thinking about wine country producers. When you ask to people if they know Argentina is a producer of wine, uh, you can be absolutely shocked when you realize many people don't know Argentina even produce wine. So it's difficult to put very high, high price uh, in, in wines or in, in all the portfolio you produce because um, maybe you are not going to sell enough to have a sustainable company or sustainable business. That is why we have pretty wide portfolio where we have entry yes. level, the trios of $15 a bottle, until nosotros, which is $120. Uh, I know uh, from some benchmark, and maybe nosotros could have a double price. Uh, however, um, I'm not ready to, to take the, the chance, or, or, or maybe I can take it. I don't know. I am pretty shy uh, deciding price point. Meanwhile, my company is sustainable. It's uh, very productive. Um, we have uh, good profits. Um, we are not uh, 100% ambitious uh, regarding profitability. We would like to produce good quality wine as a sustainable business. And with profits, um, in that way, you are capable to grow in very sustainable way. I have to say, first and foremost, you do actually produce. Price to quality ratio is through the roof in comparison. So I, I kind of think from both a consumer standpoint, because I'm a consumer of wine, but also someone who is very aware of. Uh, on the sales end, because I also work for an import distributor, that uh, the threshold for wine to the consumer is like 15 to 20 for the average consumer that they'll spend on SRP. And then as you get further up the line, it doesn't even matter whether it comes from you know different countries. It's just what the pocket will bear. And I think that you deliver so much quality, uh, you know, um, and plus you you have had some incredible accolades for your wines over the course of time. You know, Wine Spectator, Wine Enthusiast, just about anybody that could rate a wine has rated your wines extremely well. So I, you know, just something from me to you, if you wanted to, you could actually charge more for your wines, and I don't think people would um, shy away. That's the best way I can put it mm. for you. So just from me to you, <laughs> from Stu to yeah. Susanna. I think I think you could definitely charge more for your wines if you wanted to in the future. So just something from me. Um, <laughs> there 
Yeah, Liz, you have to talk to your marketing department and tell them. <laughs> um, so the next one I have here from is from uh, Italy, from Puglia. So it's from Ariana Condolazzo. I hope I pronounced it in her name properly. Uh, from Puglia, Italy, and it says, "Please ask Susanna why she hasn't created a Bonarda wine that is sole grape varietal and not blended with Syrah." I know she's talking about the wines that you have that are Syrah and, and Bonarda, but Bonarda is such a great grape, and I can understand why she'd be yeah. asking that question, you know, because, you know, it can stand on its own as a varietal. So I'll let you answer that. Uh, well, first of all, it's very important for them to to know the Bonarda we have in Argentina actually is not the Bonarda from Italy. Uh, actually, the Bonarda right. in Argentina is from France. It's not Bonarda, it's Corbeau or Dusnois. Uh, it's a variety right. that has uh, that has much more sweet tannins, and deeper color. And, uh, it's, it's very close to Malbec, in fact. It's a variety mm-hmm. if you produce um, lower yield because it's very tempting to produce a lot of yield. A, Malbec always is low yield naturally. You don't need to work that much in the in the canopy management to achieve a low yield to achieve good quality. Malbec uh, naturally doesn't produce that much. However, Bonarda is a variety that can produce very high yield. If you don't manage properly the canopy and the, the pruning, uh, you can achieve uh, easy 30 tons per hectare without any quality. But if you manage Bonarda in 10, 10 tons per hectare, which is pretty high as well, mm-hmm. you, you can produce uh, wonderful wines, wonderful, and very, very close in the, in the style of the Molex, uh, fantastic wine, and it's a beautiful wine for blending. I've actually had it from um, a producer in Argentina um, and uh, as just a sole varietal, and it was absolutely delicious. Out of Mendoza as well. Yeah. Um, but you know, you know what you know. is it's very difficult to sell. Uh, you can produce yes. a wonderful Manerva, but it's very difficult to sell. It's like to sell from Argentina a Sauvignon Blanc. When you produce Sauvignon Blanc in Argentina, you can produce outstanding Sauvignon Blanc. However, it's like if people don't identify a Sauvignon Blanc from Argentina as a good Sauvignon Correct. Blanc. So it's very hard to sell. And Bonerva as well, it's very hard to sell. Uh, I think maybe need to, uh, we need more people discovering how beautiful variety is Bonarda. But uh, I agree. who take the risk to promote Bonarda and having a, in, in your cellar a lot of cases of Bonarda waiting to be sold. So it's, uh, well, <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a continuous uh, dilemma, no? Uh, what what do you want to do? Yeah. Uh, to have sustainable business, uh, you can produce fantastic grapes you like, personally like, but then it's very difficult to put in the market. So I'm going to ask you a question from me. 
Who was your biggest influence early on in your wine career? Sorry, who? Who was your biggest influence early on in your wine career? Oh. Back in the 80s when you first graduated from phenological well, school. Yeah. The biggest uh, influence for me was the was the priest, the the, the mayor of my university, Padre Francisco Delia. He was a brilliant winemaker, absolutely brilliant winemaker. And when I was living in Casalate, so far away, and I had some problems, I was just by the phone with him. Uh, sometimes waiting eight hours to have the connection because the, the telephones in that moment were to uh, operators and eight hours to uh, uh, waiting for the connection. And he was so brilliant that uh, usually one day I remember I called him and I thought, I have a problem, I have a white wine that I did all the analysis and quality control on the wine. Uh, when I filter the wine, uh, then become cloudy. Um, and he asked me, you did a calcium measurement? Yes, you didn't have calcium. Did you do a serum? Yes, and all the analysis. And he said immediately, he said, your problem is in the, in the, in the filtration, in the plaque you are using for the filtration. Wow. Analyze the, the product uh, for the filtration for sure, has some calcium, residual calcium. And that was right. And he was just like the phone, and his experience so, was so wider. And he taught me so many things you didn't learn in the university or through the books. That was, uh, was just from That's incredible. his experience. He was a very inspiring person, and always he. Uh, encourage me to be uh, reading, uh, uh, studying on the time, um, uh, challenging the limits of the time. He was an inspiring person. That's, that's incredible. So what do you feel is has been your greatest success to date in your journey through the wine industry? What do you, what do you attribute? Uh, what do you think is the your greatest success. I feel very grateful. I, I feel very grateful because from my origin, the family I come from, the class family, um, I think uh, in, in, in another field, maybe I didn't have the, the, chance, the, 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 the chance to to have the achievement I really have in the one industry. So my gratitude for the wine industry, the wine world, for the consumers, for the sommelier journalists like you, people, my gratitude is uh, immense. It's, it's huge because um, uh, without all the people that supported me, from consumers until buyers, um, sommeliers, everybody that I met in my, in my life, I think that's what I achieved. So um, really, I feel gratitude. It's my most important thing. That's wonderful to hear that. You know, you know, from someone in the who has come so far and been so successful as yourself, it's 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 a nice thing. Uh, It's a very uh, humble approach. 
to it. And, uh, you know, be, there's plenty of people out there who may have had the same or similar accolades uh, and and may take a, a different approach to it and, and feel for it. But so it's very refreshing and it's very nice to hear um, that you attribute that to all the other people that have supported you. And that's great. I, I'm, it's nice to hear. That's wonderful. Um, I also wanted to know, uh, actually, at London Wine Girl and the English Wine Guy, these are from Instagram, want to know what is the future of Torontes? Oh, for me, Torontes has a beautiful future because I love this variety. And <laughs> I have, a, 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 yes, yes, I have a 360 degrees experience in in Torontes. This year I did something different. It's the orange Torontes. So we have the sweet wine, natural sweet wine, uh, uh, dessert wine, um, yes. very fermented, very young wine, and now the orange, very natural one. And all of them okay. have such a different experience in the same variety. I don't think there is much, uh, too much varieties that uh, gives you all those chances. It's something we are still, I am still learning what I can do with this variety. And every year I have uh, something new that uh, really gives me. So I really love and I think Toronto has a brilliant future uh, with more people paying attention to the variety. Yes, and, and on that note, on that same vein, uh, Redhead Wines at Redhead Wines here in uh, in Florida uh, wanted to know: Do you think Torrances makes the best white wines in Argentina, as opposed to Chard, Sauv Blanc, etc.? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what happened with Torrances regarding Argentina average quality? Sometimes. Uh, you can find this very wide uh, different experiences. So some, some of them could be very frustrating, and others could be absolutely brilliant experience. So um, we need uh, more people paying more attention on that. And Chardonnay as well in Argentina, uh, especially in, uh, in the last uh, 10 years when we are discovering higher altitudes and more calcarium soils for Chardonnay. Chardonnay are uh, uh, showing very mineral uh, character and very, very strong, elegant. Uh, I don't like to, to say uh, Burgundy style uh, as uh, the as same is the only one very good because uh, there is a fantastic Chardonnay from California as well. But when you are talking about elegance in Chardonnay, you really just think about Burgundy. Um, right. We are uh, achieving beautiful Chardonnay from Guadalajara, for instance, and great, great variety to still we need to explore new soil composition, a new exposure to the sun because uh, as our mountains are very high and um, uh, very strong different uh, exposure, some very south, south exposure that is very cold for us, um, very northern exposure that is beautiful 
and exposure. So uh, it's amazing because uh, we are still facing so many challenges discovering uh, more and more wide variety that shows its uh, brilliant results. And also we yeah. are um, experiencing a lot uh, with blending. And this is another thing I am really enjoying in the last six years, doing different uh, blends uh, between white. Um, it's uh, fascinating. The results are fascinating. Yes, and, and I think the, those are, are showing really, really nice expression-wise, the white blends that are coming from you and um, in that region as well. Um, I just want to go back to one thing, uh, history and, and wine. Uh, Jacqueline Coleman, who's here in uh, South Florida, uh, had asked me to ask you a question, and I think this is something that um, I, I think a lot more um, people and women want to hear about, and that is, what did you face as far as challenges as a female winemaker in Argentina when there weren't any female winemakers at all? So what were those challenges? Well, I think the, the biggest challenge was to having other winemakers taking me seriously, <laughs> serious winemaker, because um, we didn't trust the women we were capable to make good wines or uh, to to put uh, talents in, in wine. Uh, however, um, that was the well, maybe the biggest challenge uh, was uh, to have a job <laughs> because nobody gave <laughs> me a job because I was a woman. As soon as I got sure. a job, I, I was able to show I was capable to make good wines. So the first challenge right. was to get a job and then to prove right. I was capable to make wines. And uh, the third was as soon as you prove uh, you are capable to produce good wine, they take you seriously. You can produce wine for many years. Very good wine. Interesting. Also having a family. Also having a family. Because this is the biggest challenge for women. To raise a family and also to develop your career. I can only imagine. I can only imagine how how that must have been. Um, I have another question from Wine Complexity out of uh, Boston. Uh, and the question is, um, please describe the difference in flavor profile of Malbec wines coming from Uco Valley versus Maipu versus Buquan de Cuyo. Um What is the main difference in the terroir between the three growing regions? Buquan, uh, Uco Valley, Uco Valley is very wide. Uh, uh, one place is special he mentioned. Yeah, she mentioned Maipu um, and then uh, Luhan uh, de Coyo. What is Luján the difference in the, the, the... Yeah. Luhan de Coyo, uh, sorry, I couldn't understand the second name. Uh, Maipu. Ma- ah, Maipu, Maipu. Okay, okay, okay. My Spanish was uh, okay. good. <laughs> no, 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 it's, it's perfect, it's perfect. Um, okay. Um, Uco Valley, um, Agrelo, 
Are you there? I lost you. Sorry about that. Hello? 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 Are you there? Can you hear me? Yeah, yes, I am. Yes, I okay, I, somehow we, someone, we lost the connection somehow. Sorry about that. We were in the middle of the <laughs> asking a question about okay. the, uh, yes, about the taste profile on uh, the Malbec from those three regions. Sorry for the technical difficulty, but we're back. So I just wanted to. <laughs> yeah. uh, when the, the thank you for the flavor, time, by the way. Uh, change, change, uh, the flavor changes regarding the soil composition mainly. And you can go from prunes flavors until very fresh uh, cherry flavors. So it's very different, different, very different. So it so it varies. That that's uh, you know that's kind of what I was I was thinking. Just wanted to uh, um, kind of clarify it for her. Her name actually is Svetlana, uh, who is that um, at that uh, um, wine complexity. So. Um, I'm going to move on to a question I have for you, which is, um, which varietal do, you, varietal do you personally like drinking the most? And it doesn't have to be, obviously, anything that, that you produce, obviously. It could be anything, you know, Bordeaux or Cab or whatever. What, do you, what is your go-to wine that you like drinking the most? Well, um, my... My colleagues from Argentina are going to kill me, but I really love Cabernet Sauvignon. <laughs> Cabernet Sauvignon <laughs> my two favorite varieties. <laughs> I like Malbec as well, of course. I like all the wines. Yes. Uh, so as a winemaker, it's very difficult, but my favorite ones are really Cabernet Sauvignon and Cabernet Franc. Yes, and, 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 and you happen to make some great Cabernet Sauvignon yourself anyway. So... <laughs> uh, <laughs> I wanted, I wanted to also, uh, so here's a question I always ask on my show of my guests. This is a, a, a seminal question that if you listen to the 136 hours of podcasts I've done over the past decade, uh, you'll hear this question asked of my guests. If you could share a glass of, of your wine with anyone alive or who had passed on, who would it be and why? Very difficult question <laughs> because uh, <laughs> to share a glass of wine and why? Well, well uh, with whoever it person? is, whoever that you know could be, yeah, it could be someone that's uh, you know uh, still alive and only around, or it could be some oh. one person that you can <laughs> share it with who is alive or who may have passed on, and if you could yeah. right now, you had the ability to share a glass of your wine with them. Who would it be, and then why would you do, share it with them? My dad. I really would like it. So I, I really dream uh, how can I feel if my dad could, could, uh, could be able to see what I achieved and what I did in my life. My dad passed away pretty early. Uh, he really taught me how to drink wines because I was a child. Um, the drink in my house was a little wine and a lot of water. 
And when I was uh, growing up, he was putting a little more wine and less water. Um, but my dad didn't have the chance. Only he saw me graduated and a few years of working, but then he passed away. So uh, I I really love it. Uh, uh, I I will I will give anything to have the chance to to have a cheers with my dad to join a glass of wine of my, one of my wines and to talk to mm. to him. Uh, what I dream it, what we dream it, um, uh, what I achieve it, and uh, could be fantastic if I had the chance. <laughs> I bet he's looking down and has it over the course of time, and smiled at your accomplishments and your success. And I'm mm-hmm. sure there's been plenty of times where you have clinked glasses with people in your family, or mm-hmm. held the glass up to the the sky and cheered for him with him. So uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure yeah. he's aware of your success, most definitely. Well, I, I tell you, I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, I, I, I could ask him, there's a, a, a ton more questions. I'm definitely going to have you on my show again because you are fascinating. I really, really appreciate it, uh, especially under the circumstances with the, uh, the oh, issue with your knee you. and all that. Uh, I thank you so, so much for being a guest on my show. I appreciate you. I also want to let you know that um, I'm going to, you know, do a review of your wines, uh, and I'm going to, um, when I write my next article for uh, Simply the Best, they, I'm going to add them into the, uh, the article because I think, you know, pe- more people need to know about them globally. Thank so um, thank you so much, Susanna Balbo. Uh, if anyone thank wants you. to... Get any of Susanna Balbo's wines, go to SusannaBalboWines.com. Um, you know, I, I, I suggest people follow her, if you're not at the moment, on Facebook, on uh, Instagram, on Twitter, anywhere where you can. And uh, go to the website and even just to find out more about her wines, Argentina, uh, and the impact that she has made, the big footprint that she has made on the wine industry because I think it's something that needs to be uh, visited and understood and appreciated. So thank you so much, Susanna. Thank you for the uh, I hope you recover quickly. And, uh, and I, I, you know, I will speak with you. I will speak with you very soon. And, and again, um, on my bucket list, I have not been out to Argentina. I've been all over the globe and I've been to a lot of the winemaking regions, but one mm. that is on my bucket list is Argentina you are more and Mendoza. Than welcome to visit us. Yeah. I'm looking forward to <laughs> I would love to. Because you are I would going to, to fall in love with this country. Yes. <laughs> I, I believe okay. so. I've met many people from Mendoza and winemakers and all that and has and have experienced their wines and I have to say, uh there's so much to be appreciated and enjoyed. So thank you again. Have a thank have you. a great evening and, and be well. Thank, thank you. you again. You too. You too. Thank you very much. Thank you for your work. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. You're welcome. So that was Susanna Balbo. That's the show for tonight. Uh, I want to let everyone know that uh, I want to thank everybody for uh, who listened in, who emailed questions, who had uh, sent emails, excuse me, had sent questions on Instagram to me. You know who you are. Thank you very, very much for that. Uh, I want to especially thank my guest, Susanna Balbo, for coming tonight. 
you know, if you have any questions about the show, you can email them to stewthewineguru at me.com. You can go to my website as well, uh, www.stewthewineguru.com. Click the link for all my wine articles, videos. You can listen to archived wine talk shows. Uh, as always, I say, wine evolves in your mind as well as in your glass. Thanks for the great feedback from Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter for my wine articles and the radio show. Keep reading Simply the Best magazine on newsstands and bookstores for more of my wine articles and reviews. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at StuTheWineGuru or, again, check my website for all my upcoming wine events that you can join me at. Have a great evening, everyone.